So let's get into the word on today. I'm, I'm excited to be teaching about this. Uh, normally, if I'm already in the midst of a series, then I kind of continue with that. Uh, but thankfully, the way that it kind of went here at Right Way, I was coming out of a series. And so this was just kind of perfect timing. Uh, this is it, it. I want this moment for us to be a time of really clear understanding. Okay. So I'm glad John did what he did because you got to shout it out. But now we're going to let's learn about it. Let's let's make sense about this so that we really understand what we're shouting about. I'm convinced that as Christians, we're living way below the bar of what and how we're supposed to be living as believers. And I think a part of that is because of ignorance Two two of Satan's greatest weapons against the church. It's ignorance and distraction. Two greatest weapons. It's ignorance and, matter of fact, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, I believe it's around verse 14, 15 says, we're not ignorant of his devices. So that means that if we're ignorant, we will become subject to his devices. And the main thing that Satan wants to do is to get you distracted. If he can get your focus off of the thing that God needs you to be focused on, then the thing that, that you need to be focused on is wide open for the attack of the enemy. You got it? And so I think that because we're ignorant, and that's, that, that's not a good word, but I don't want you to hit it in a bad way because this is not going to be taught today to condemn you, but I'm convinced that a lot of the church is ignorant concerning the death, the burial, the resurrection, and today you're going to learn about the ascension and the seating of Jesus Christ and what was the purpose of that. You got it? So when someone walks up to a Christian and say, well, yo guys are no different than uh, people cannibalists because y'all sit in there and eat, drink his blood and eat his body. And now the, the Christian who doesn't know have to sit back and say, well, we are eating his body. Well, now nah, you, okay. So we want to know. Come on, say we want to know. I, I believe it's vitally important that the believer is in the know. You got it? And so today, my messages are, I'm, I'm, I'm coming off of our, our theme, Rise With Power, but my subtitle is, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Friday, we talked to Friday, uh, at Friday night on Good Friday, we, my, my title was, It's About to Go Down. So something went down on Friday and something's going to be out of here on Sunday. Amen. Come on, say, I'm out of here. Now, um, John chapter 2. I, I think that's the verse I'm going to use. John chapter 2 there at verse 9. Um, and, 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 and Kim, if you want me to end in time, then y'all going to have to move fast with my scriptures. That's gonna, nah. <laughs> no, I'm going to get out of here. I'm, gonna get, I'm not going to get in trouble with Kim. John 2 and 9 says, when the ruler of the, that's the wrong, 219, thank you. It says, Jesus answered and said unto them, are you there? Destroy this temple. And in three days, I'll raise it up. I want to go to John chapter 19 because that's where we left off at on Friday. And we'll pick up in John 19 verse uh, 42 and we're going to read over into the 20th verse. 19 and 42 says, they laid, there laid they Jesus therefore because of the Jews preparation day. For the sepulchre was nigh at hand. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark, and the sepulchre, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulchre. I'm going to come back later on and teach about these days, and so you can understand them in a chronological order. How was it three 
days and three nights. But if you notice in the text, day for them, it was still dark. Day for them was not bright like we think it is in our, in our Western culture. I think it's very important that you see that. And we'll, 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 we'll go back to that later on in another teaching. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciples whom Jesus loved, said unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulchre, and we know not where they have laid him. Okay, uh, Peter therefore went forth and uh, that other disciples and came to the sepulchre. So they ran both together and the other disciples did outrun Peter and came first to the sepulchre, slow runner. And he stooping down, looking in, saw the linen clothes lying, yet went he not in. Then cometh Simon Peter with his bold self following him who they outran. And Peter said, don't peek in, go in and went into the sepulchre and see the linen clothes lie. And the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went he in also the other, uh, that other disciple which came first to the sepulcher, and he saw and believed. For as yet uh, they knew not the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Uh, then the disciples went away. Again, unto their own home. I'm going to read to verse 19. But Mary stood without the sepulchre, weeping, without means outside. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulchre. And see if two angels in white sitting, uh, the one at the head, the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And they say unto her, woman, why weepest thou? She said unto them, because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. Hmm. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus said unto her, woman, why weepest thou? Uh, whom seest thou? She supposing him to be the gardener said unto him, sir, if thou have borne him Hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said unto her, Mary, she turned herself and said unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Jesus said unto her, touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my father and your father and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord, that he had spoken these things unto her. Verse 19, then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, peace be on to you all right rise with power i'm out of here let's talk about this we learned on friday that it was about to go down we talked about what happened when something dies and the goal on friday that made it good was that sin listen carefully would judge incriminate try and kill itself I got to let you, I'm just going to let you peek in on some stuff. We really got to come back and probably put this in a series that anytime, well, let me just stick with Jesus. Uh, God caused the law to judge itself. Basically, that's when a person goes to court, they're going to court to get the law to stand on their side. 
And so what makes it good about Good Friday is that sin actually judged itself because the law brought the knowledge of sin. You got it? And so Jesus punished sin by its own rules and regulations. Listen carefully. Romans 6, 22, 23 says, But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your faith unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is... So Jesus made sin judge itself. That's that scripture really used right in context. That's what he was really saying, that the wage of sin is death. So I got sin to judge itself, and because sin judged itself, and, and sin found itself guilty, sin had to put death to itself. Okay. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I had to come back and really break it down. Old Testament substitute teacher. Anybody been in school and had a substitute teacher? Substitute teacher didn't know everything that the teacher knew. She was just holding the class. That's why everybody picked with the substitute teacher, especially if it was a math class. Oftentimes you try to ask the math teacher, the substitute teacher, how you answer this question. And the substitute teacher didn't know. Because the substitute teacher wasn't a teacher. She was just subbing. Well, let's look at an Old Testament substitute teacher. All unspotted sheep were innocent they were sinless the word unspotted being born with no spots on his fur was a type and shadow of that sheep being innocent or being without sin so whatever they were used for they had to be acquitted of because they didn't have what they were used for so in the Old Testament, the substitute teacher, being a substitution of Jesus, if it did not have sin in it and they tried to use it for sin, whatever it was used for, it had to be acquitted of. So when the people used the sheep as sin for themselves, then temporarily they were acquitted of sins because the sheep wasn't sin. Does that make sense? In other words, like the substitute teacher, the sheep didn't know. So you couldn't put it to a sin test that it didn't know nothing about. Okay, 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 okay. So, so watch this. So when the instruction said give a sheep without spot or blemish, it was giving a way to get out of owing for sin. Does that make sense? So now let's look at Jesus' state. The body of Jesus was very interesting. That body, let me say it like this, that body that God got in and used, that body was very interesting because that body was not made from the seed sperm of man. So that body wasn't sinful. Are you listening to me? Had he used Joseph to get him here, it would have been a spotted sheep. So he just used a woman and miraculously inserted a seed so that he can get into, into that body himself. So that he could do something with that body. Here's the interesting part about the body. The interesting thing about Jesus' body is that it was on him but not in him. See, the reason we need to be saved is because it's in us. But Jesus came like us 
but it was on him and not in him. I'm going to let you in on the secret. That's why when you get saved, you got to stop saying, I can't be like Jesus. Because the moment you get saved, your body becomes just like Jesus' body. It's no longer in you, it's just on you. Are you listening to me? Come on, if you're saved, say, it ain't in me no more. It's just on me. I can't do what Jesus did. Yes, you are. Your body, after you get saved, is set up just like his. He, he too, was tempted at all points, <laughs> yet without sin. Are you listening to me? Okay. So, that, that, that's, <laughs> that's 2 Corinthians 5 and 21. For he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be the righteousness of God in him. Watch this. So, so judgment was not, was not supposed to be to a person physically. But they judged Jesus physically thinking sin was in him. Are you listening? And so the grave, though, judged Jesus spiritually and couldn't find it in him. So eternity, listen carefully, had to render a verdict of not guilty and they had to give him an immediate acquittal. See, we got in the thugs and he'll be locked, locked up. They understand all of this. It's like, I'm right there with you. Some of you ain't never been to jail. You ain't never had to go through the court system. You like, what in the world is he talking about? But if you understood that you made a mistake, oh, 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 I, I think you so bad, you so bad. If you grew up with Kathy and Marie Robinson now more over there, and you mess around in sin, which means you did something she told you not to do, it was punishable by whooping. But it was beautiful when we stayed with our grandmama and our granddaddy. Because they became advocates. Yeah. Yeah. And they stood in between Marie and me. And they said, don't do it this time. It, it is symbolic to somebody getting locked up. And no, they deserve jail time. But thank God. <laughs> I'm sorry, mom. Uh, <laughs> now let's talk about real quickly about these three days. Let's talk about these because that, why three days? Why, why any days? I mean, he God, he's sovereign, so you just could have said sin's forgiven and been done with it. Why you got to uh, find a virgin that you can use her body and you can put your, you know, put this miraculous seed in there. Then you can insert your spirit in that body and come out so that it, it's God embodied. And why, why all of that? Don't make no sense. You God, you the sovereign God. You just could have spoke. You did it with the earth. Why you just couldn't do it with man? Well, there's a reason, and I'm, I'm hoping all of you will lean in real heavy right here because this is the part of the message I really need you to understand. He could, but he couldn't. He could because he had the power too. He couldn't because he used his power another way. And God cannot go against his own word. He, he, even the creator, had to follow the protocol 
that was put in place. Now watch this, watch this, watch this. God had to follow, I want to use this word, fulfill the pattern that the federal head had established. Now, now, now watch this. You ready for this? Man, come on, say me. You are the federal head on earth. Notice that preposition, on earth. There are very few things that God can do in earth except he go through man. We better watch this. God is in control. Well, well, come on now. If he's in control, he's not doing too good of a job. Look, I knew it was going to get quiet like that. I knew. God is in control of everything that's out of eternity. You cannot determine when the sun will rise and set. God is in control of everything on the other side of death. That's why it's appointed for a man once to die, and in his sovereign, he put judgment after that. But when it comes to things in the earth, God works through man. We are co-partners with God. It's important that you get that. It's important that you get that. And so that was an order that the federal head set up that God say, I have to fulfill that in order to fulfill all things. Now, listen, here it is. Genesis chapter 22, verse 1 through 8. I'm going to read real fast. Uh, it says, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham, said unto him, Abram. And he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him for there a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his, his ass and took two of his young man with him and Isaac his son his only son by the way and clave wood for the burnt offering wood comes from the tree rose up and went unto the place of which God told him then on the on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off and Abraham said unto the young men abide here with the donkey and I and the land will go yonder and worship and come again to you notice now notice he was he was supposed to go to crucify the lad but he had already saw the gospel that the lad would live and he said we gonna go worship and we both gonna come back are you <laughs> oh, watch this watch this and Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it up upon Isaac his son and took the fire look at he took the wood and laid it on his son do you see the pattern they laid Jesus on wood here's 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 a father with his only son laying wood on his son what is Abraham doing? He's putting, watch this, as the federal head on earth, he's putting a pattern in place for the sun to come. Okay, slow down, boy. Abraham took the wood, burned off, laid upon Isaac, took the fire in his hand and the knife, fire representing Holy Spirit, and they went both them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham, his father, and said, My father, he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself. God going to do it himself. Son, what we're simply doing is, as federal heads, we got to first put a pattern in the earth so God can come down and do the same thing. So, so God going to provide himself. A lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them 
together. So let's real quick, this three-day account, you have to take some copious notes. The three-day account represents the pattern, listen to me carefully, of creating new life and establishing the covenant between God and creation. Come on, say new life. Uh, now, we see this new life in creation, Genesis 1, verse 11 uh, through verse 13. You're going to see this three-day thing. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass and the herb yielding seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so, watch this, keep going. And the earth brought forth grass and the herb yielding seed after his kind, the tree yielding fruit whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was, God saw that it, and the evening and the morning was the so we got three days for new life to creation Let, let's look at we just read Genesis 22 1 through 8 with Abraham and Isaac his son a father giving up his only son so in Genesis 1 we got creation in Genesis 22 we got pattern but he didn't just die for creation he didn't just need a pattern he died and rose for a people I'm glad you I'm glad you preached that Exodus chapter 19 verse 9 through 16 if we will read verse 11 through 16 the Bible says God said and on the third day tell the people to meet me here and when they meet me here I'm gonna show when they come up I'm gonna come down and we gonna show up together so we got creation, Genesis 1. We got the pattern in Genesis 22. We got the people or the man in Exodus 19. But then we got promise. Hosea chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. See, the body was had to fulfill all these different things. All these things had to come into full fulfillment. Are you listening to me? Because creation fell, remember? He told Adam, thorns and thistles. So, so part of the death had to set creation back. That's why he had to go under the earth. He had to go under the place where the seed is sown to give life to the most bottomless place so every seed sown could rise again. Are you listening to me? He needed a pattern in the earth. That's what your faith does. Your faith is putting a pattern in the earth so that what God promised can come sit in it. That's why he said, and when he come, will he find faith? Your faith is a homing signal to the blessings of God. Are you listening to me? And then for mankind, he died for mankind. Now we're talking about promise because it was a promise. Hosea chapter 6 verses 1 through 3. I'm moving a whole lot faster. Come on, put that up there for me. Bam. Rise with power. Bam. Hosea chapter. Okay, let me get it. Oh, that is. Come and let us return unto the Lord. For, for he have torn and will heal us. He have smitten and he will bind us up. Come on, watch this, watch this, watch this. After two days will he revive us. But in the third day, he going to do what? So, so it wasn't just about Jesus getting up. He got up so we could get up too. Watch this. And we shall live in his sight. This is so good to me. Matthew chapter 12 verse 40. Jesus then testifies out of his own mouth that this three-day thing was going to happen. It says, for as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights. This is so beautiful. He's going to be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Ooh. Now you understand if your heart go out, your whole body go out. 
The Bible says he, he went to the heart of the earth. So here's the point. It was an old life that was laid in the grave, but a new life was to be given out of it. The old life was laid in the grave so that you and I now can live to the newness of life. Now watch this. Jesus would go down with sin, but rise with power on high. He went down with sin, but he rose with power. There is a beauty in a tomb that is now empty when it was once filled. Are you listening to me? And not only was the tomb empty, but the, but the grave clothes were left there also. I like when Ross said, she said, you got to take them grave clothes off because all that stuff was left in the tomb. But there are two more acts that are important to us. Two more acts that are important. The church is real clear on death, burial, and resurrection, but it doesn't stop there. Resurrection or Easter is actually about five events and not three. You ready? We got death. We understand that. We got resurrection, right? I mean, we got death. We got burial. We got that. We got resurrection. But here are two more that are very significantly important to you and I. The next one is ascension. Had he just rose and not ascended, remember he told Mary, don't touch me yet because this body has not gone to the Father. Old Testament substitute teacher, the way the body got to the Father is that they would burn it. And the aroma would go up to God as a sweet-smelling Savior. Well, well, according to the law, you can't burn a human being. So, so the body actually had to go up physically. So he said, Mary, don't touch me yet because, because this, this sacrifice has not been approved of the Father and you're still of sin and as the high, only the high priest can take the offering to the Father and I am the high priest so you got to wait because I've done the lamb part. Now it's time for me to do the priest part and don't touch me yet. I just come back to show myself to you to let you know I wasn't lying when I said it. So don't touch me yet, because if you touch me now, I'm going to be sin. Don't put your hands on me. I'm going to get that. I'll come back and let you touch me. But right now, don't put your hands on me. That'd be a good thing for singles to use. Right now, don't touch me. Don't. I'm. And then married folk do like Jesus when he came back. Touch me. Handle me. Put your hand in my side. <laughs> thrust your hand. Thrust Thrust your hand. Come here, boy. All right. <laughs> All the married folk, tell me I preach that. <laughs> All the singing folk, like, shut up. <laughs> I got you. 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 Let's, <laughs> okay, let's talk, about, let's talk about this a sin. Let's talk about this a sin. This word a sin, I'm going to look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 9 through 10. This word a sin is the act of rising to an important position or a high level. Come on, say a sin. See, if he had just got up, he would have still been in the earth. And we, it would have given back to us full dominion on earth, but you got to understand, all earth is not controlled by earth. All earth, no, no, no. The, the, okay, okay. Remember, we got principalities, power, for we wrestle not against... So had he just rose, it would have left us at flesh and blood warfare. So I could have blamed you because of your color. I could have fought you because of your act. So he, had to, he, he couldn't just rise. He had to ascend because real power is not just here. 
Are you listening to me? So this ascension is very important. It means to rise or, or the act of rising to an important position or a high level. Now look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 9 through 10. You're going to see it right here in the scripture. Now the he that ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. Look what the Bible says, verse 10. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all, look, look, that word heaven is pluralized. Heaven, heaven in the scripture is not just singular, it's plurality, right? Now, when we say heaven, we know we're talking about the throne of God, right? Earth, heaven is his throne, the earth is his footstool. Right there, he's not talking about the throne. He is adding the throne because that's where we rule from. That's called top-down living. But there is heaven, the heavens, and the heavenlies. And when the Bible pluralizes it, it just call it the heavens. So put your hands in the air. Everybody throw your hands in the air. Wave it like you just don't care. You just, you just put your, your hand is in heaven. Anything above the tip of your head is heaven. We call it the atmosphere. Right. If we go higher, we got stratosphere, right? We go even higher, we got, uh, out there, stars and moon and you know what I'm saying, galaxies, all that, all that, all that, according to scripture, is a heaven. Now, above and in that is another heaven where demonic activity take place that you can't see unless God open your eyes and allow you to see. But there are demons moving around in that atmosphere. That's called the heavenlies. And then you have heaven, which is God's throne, which is a physical, tangible place that you and I will have. Listen, we will not live in. We will have visitation to in the new life. Heaven is not our home except you die early. And heaven will be your home when he moves us out to renovate the earth. But once the earth is re-renovated, he's going to put man where he created man to be in earth. Heaven is his house. He's going to stay at his house. You're going to stay in yours, and then we're going to visit him and come back home. So when you say, I'm ready to go to heaven, you're really asking to die early. Look how quiet it got when I said that. You're going to stop saying that, ain't you? No, don't die before your time. Die when it's your time. And just know that when you die, and if all this is not over, heaven is your home temporarily not permanently actually heaven will be your home because earth will become a part of heaven can I show can I show you okay so you got heaven the new Jerusalem and earth man when Adam was first created he had immediate contact with heaven I believe Adam can look out before he sinned and see the angels flying around I believe he could he could look up there and see the throne of God far away and God he could see God coming down to have fellowship with him and so when Adam sinned God still wanted to have a relationship he said, but because you sin we got to do it a new way and now in order for you to get to me that's going to be an outer court because there you that's where you are an inner court got to have sacrifice and the holy holies to get to me so you see and shed blood then you'll see me but in, initially he was ne- it's never supposed to be like that and notice you got three heaven new jerusalem earth Outer court, inner court, holy of holies. And so what Jesus is doing, he has to fulfill all of those in his death, burial, and resurrection. That's why the Bible says, and the veil of the temple was rent. So that you and I have direct 
access to God. You ain't got to go sit in no booth and say, Father, I've sinned. Save your gas money, kneel on the side of your bed and talk to him because he's right there too. Praise the Lord. And the, but the next thing was not just his ascension. Because notice now he got above everything. So when you receive Christ, you are now, you above everything. I hear a rap song in my head, but I don't know how it go. But you above everything. You above, you on top of everything. I call that top-down living. Come on, say, I'm above it all. So the ascension is important because has he, had he not ascended, that means that demons would have been over you. Because they, they dwell in a heavenly realm, so he had to ascend to get above that. And by virtue of him being above that, you now are above that too. I hear Luke 10, the Bible says, and the 70 returns saying, Lord, even the demons are subject unto us through thy name. Then this is what Jesus said, behold, I give unto you power, Luke 10, 17, to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. Stop saying the devil is if he is, lay him off. Lay that sucker off. <laughs> Hand him his papers. Hey, praise the Lord. Now, death, burial, resurrection, and ascension were not only important, seating was important. Because he, had he not sat down, it would have meant he could have been removed again. And the king never rules from a position of standing. A king rules from the position of seating. Now, this is where we got to bring Bible study back because now I'm having to share something with you that should already be in you. But in the Old Testament, the priest was always up working. The priest in the Old Testament never sat down. And it, it, was, it was a type of shadow of the work that sin made man do. Always sacrificing, always going into the Holy of Holies. Got this cable toe on because if he die, can't nobody walk in there. We got to pull the sucker out. So inside of the Holy of Holies was always worship because they had bells on him. And the only way they knew he was alive was that he was moving. And if he was moving, then not only meant he was worshiping, it meant that he was getting the word. That's why when you come to church and praise and worship, you just can't sit there and be still because you could be holding your word back. You better move something. You better, <laughs> you better do something. Folks be saying, do it, take all that. No one go to the club and just stand there. Come on now. We call you, we call you a, well, don't worry about it, I'm delivered. Listen, he could not, it, it was it not just death, not just burial, not just resurrection, not just ascension. He had to sit back down because if he had not have sat back down, that would have meant our priest was still working for our sins. That's Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. Look what the Bible say. I know y'all ain't, most y'all ain't heard that before that. We be, he, he died, he got up, didn't he? He, hey, he had to do more than just get up. He got to ascend, he got to sit down. Because if you don't sit down, we, if we don't sit down, there's still work that you got to do. If he don't sit down, you're not saved by grace through faith and not of works. That means you would have to work to be saved. Because, yeah, you would not be a royal priesthood, but you'll be a working priesthood and not a resting priesthood. Look what the Bible says, and have raised, ooh, and have raised us up together and made us. Look, he said he made us sit. You've been made to sit. Believers are working too hard. Believers are too busy. 
You've been made to sit. Sit, sit together. Watch this. In heavenly places. So we work down. We don't work up to God. We work out of God. That's top-down living. I'm, I'm work. Faith is me work. Faith is not me trying to get. Faith is me working out of because I know I have. Are you listening to me? See, you got, your own, you got your own body belief, but your spirit man has a belief system too. And your spirit man's belief system is called faith. Sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Come on, say, I'm in Christ. Now, let's close this out. So this seating, this seating, this seating, uh, definition one is, a seat is, uh, 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 it's, it's the seats with which a building or a room is provided. Oh. So, so Jesus provided a, a, a seat for you in heaven. Uh, and then number, the second definition is an instance of time of making seats available to customers at a restaurant or a performance venue. Come on, say, I got a seat. At the table. Now, my cleanup is this, and I'm done. My cleanup is this. They ain't put my time up there. That means I got more time. Okay, two minutes. Real quick, get 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. Real quick, real quick, real quick. Come on, say the cleanup. Here's the cleanup. Here's the cleanup. Here's the cleanup. You got to get this. Here's the cleanup. Come on, right now. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 6 through 7, and then Colossians 1, 9. Come on, real quick, the cleanup. I'm, I'm going to get all my time. Okay, there you go. How be it? We speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor the princes of this world that come to not for, had, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto their glory. Okay, what was the next scripture say? I think I may have missed it. Verse 8. Okay, this is it. Which none of the princes of this world knew. Read with me. For had they known it, they would not have crucified if they would have known what they were doing, they would have never crucified him. If Satan had known what was going to happen to him, his kingdom, his power, his authority, his placement, if he had known, if he had known that this was the second Adam and that this Adam was going to undo everything that the first Adam did. Remember, I taught you that the last Adam, he got Adam to switch. Satan is falling, right? He's falling. What happened when Adam ate from the tree? He became fallen. He had to take Satan's place and then Satan took his place. So temporarily, Satan became the federal head on earth. And Jesus, God said, that ain't the way I created this thing. So I'm going to come down myself and I'm going to make this right. Has Satan known that he was going to have to give back what was forfeited over to him? He would have never crucified Jesus. He would have let him live and die naturally. Had he known that the same trick he pulled on Adam, the same trick was being pulled on him. <laughs> My God from heaven. It's hard to trick a trickster, but Jesus did it. It was the cleanup. Come on, somebody say it's the cleanup. Now, my time, I got 25. But what am I saying then? Well, then if he cleaned us up, why are you still living like you're down? You know why? Because Satan, one of Satan's greatest weapons against the church is ignorance. And if he can keep you down, now you feel like you're not entitled to what he died for. But I got news for you. Why would, what, why would you not accept what someone died for? 
He died. For, he gave his life for it. While we were living below, below bar when he died for it. Mom and daddy, think about it. You go to work, you work hard. I'm talking about you, just for just teacher purpose on you work hard to put food on the table and a child won't eat it. You work hard to put a roof over a head and a child won't appreciate it. How would you feel? All that, you put in blood, sweat, tears. Only for a child to throw it back in your face. Imagine how Jesus feels to say, I did all of this to get you back. Not only back to me, but back to your seat. And you won't even receive it. Bow your heads. We got to teach more about what this resurrection is. Because resurrection is something that now as a church we're supposed to be living out. We're supposed to be living a resurrected life. Not just having one day when we shout about it, but we're supposed to be living out resurrection. You have been redeemed from the curse of the law. The curse is broken over your life. Just don't step back in the generational curse and start doing the things that cause the curse to come to the home. But God ain't cursing us. He has redeemed us. You are free. Whom the Son have set free is free indeed. He has made you sit with Him in heavenly places. And now here's the opportunity for you to get your seat back. For those of you that are not saved, Christ is not the Lord of your life. All, all self, simplified salvation is really saying, thank you, Jesus. And I'll take my seat back. It's an invitation from Jesus to come and sit with him. Because the seat that you're in was not designed for you. It's a sin seat that happened because of what Satan did. And Jesus is saying, I got a better seat. I got a new seat. I want to give you your old life back. And it, it's not just an old life. It's a new life because it's better because now you're going to sit with me and I with you and you with me. Bible says it's just a confession away if you're here today you're watching us online you can never remember a time of confessing Christ as Lord of your life make him Savior he said I'll stand at the door and knock he's not gonna force his way into your life he's not gonna do something bad to try to put you on your back he said I'm gonna stand at the door of your heart and I'm just gonna keep on knocking I'm knocking every day. I'm knocking every day. I'm going to keep on knocking. Every time you get up, I'm knocking. And what I'm hoping that you will do one day is answer the door and let me in. And let me have the house just like it is. If it's smoked up, if it's doped up, if it's drank up, if it's sexed up, if it's wrong identityed up. Whatever it is, if it's mad up, if it's hate up, if it's raped up, if it's Sodom, don't try to change it. Just let me in the house. I'm the carpenter. This is your opportunity today. Will you receive Jesus as Savior and make him the Lord of your life? Will you give him your home? 
that's you, you say, Pastor, it's me. I'm not saved. I don't like the way the thing's going. I heard what you said, and, and I'm coming just like I am. I'm not going to try to fix it because you said I can't. I'm going to let Jesus be the carpenter of my life. Will you lift your hands in the air so that I know who I'm praying for as a sign of surrender? I see your hand. Thank you. I see your hand, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Pastor, that's me. I'd like to be saved. I'm unsure, Pastor. I really don't know if I am. The Bible says these things are written that you may know that you have everlasting life. So salvation is not a guessing game. So if you're not sure, can I see your hand? Nothing wrong with making the confession just to make sure. Just to make sure you may have gone down in water when you were a little child because that's what the church did. But you never confessed Christ as your Savior. I, I have bad and good news. Bad news is you're still a sinner. Good news is you can make it right right now. You can make it right right now. Baptism is an outward sign of an inward grace. So you should have got saved first and then got baptized because water alone doesn't save. Do you need to make sure? Let me see your hand. I want to pray with you on today. Anybody? 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 Say, Pastor, this is my first time here. I've been coming for a while. I think I'm going to do something today that I, that I know the Lord is leading me to do. I want to become a member of this church. I want to partner with you and what you guys are doing here in this Forest Hill, Westmobile area. I want to make right way my home. I want to pray with you too. Will you lift your hands in the air? Anybody in the house? Pastor, this is my day. We're going to get married. We're going to stop dating, Pastor. We're going to get married. Thank you. I see your hand. Come on now. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone else? Okay. Come on. All right. Everyone lift their heads up. We had some people that lifted their hands and I asked you to bow your head and close your eyes just so that we can remove the wall of shame and now it's them and God they can make that decision without any distractions. And so I'm assuming that everyone that didn't lift their hands, you're either saved or today you're just not ready to make that, that decision, which I, I wish you were because tomorrow is not promised to no man. And you can miss it and then miss heaven because you thought that you needed more time. But I want to pray for those that lifted their hands on the day. And for those of us that are already saved, I want you to join in with me as we pray with them in this salvation confession. Then we had some people that lifted their hands wanting to join the church. And we're going to, we're going to be a blessing to them as well. So all together, and those of you that are confessing this for the first time, the Bible simply gives you the command that you're going to say it with your mouth and you're going to believe it in your heart. And based upon your confession, the Bible says you're going to be saved. So you pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I know without you, I'm lost. Today, I repent of my sins. I renounce my old way of living. And Jesus, I now give you the throne of my heart. I welcome you into my life as my Savior. And I give you Lordship. Thank you for saving me. Now fill me with your spirit so that I can live a life that is pleasing to you. I boldly confess that I am saved set free, born anew. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. If you were changed by this message today, help someone else by sharing on your social media platforms. You can partner with us to continue to reach more people by giving at rightwayccc.org or on the Givelify app. Make sure to subscribe so that you're the first to know when a new episode is available. Thanks for listening.